Again, you know, every year on Simchas Torah we complete the Torah and we start it over again. So this year we're starting something new here. I hope it will work out. We'll do some, uh, go through the Parsha with some ideas um, from some uh, from the Hasidic masters on the Parsha. So this week is Parsha's Noach, second Parsha in the Torah, and very famous Parsha, the famous story of the great uh, Mabel, the flood, which actually started in this month, Yud Zayin Cheshvan. There's two shitas in the Gemara, but the uh, primary shita is that it was Yud Zayin Cheshvan. And the waters fell for how long? Gershom? 150 days. No, that's how long they were around. They actually fell in the world for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights, which is... Yes, that's what it began at Yud Zayin Cheshvan, the 17th of Cheshvan. And you have here in the second quote on the page... There are many significant numbers in our... Moshe was 40 days. Oh, yeah, no question. 40 is a very big number in the Torah. Which we'll, uh, which we'll touch on shortly. But in the second uh, Pasuk that we have here on the page, Pasuk Yud Beis, this is Perak Zion, chapter 7, Pasuk Yud Beis, that the, it rained for 40 consecutive days, um, day and night, and that's what uh, flooded the world and really destroyed everything in, in the world at that time. And there's an interesting question, and uh, with the last couple of years we're learning Tanya, so not from the Tanya, but from the same author, the Bala Tanya, in another Sefer of his, where he asks, if Hashem wanted to destroy the world, why a flood? I mean, it would seem that there's many options and many ways that Hashem could have destroyed the world and brought about, uh, you know, there's, uh, he could have, uh, I don't know, could have brought a hurricane. Could have brought, well, maybe it was a hurricane. It could have, uh, it could have been an earthquake. It could have, could have been, could have been swallowed. Could have been a fire. I mean, it's not as if Hashem is limited in his capacities. And the truth of the matter is Hashem doesn't really have to do anything to destroy the world. Especially according to uh, Hasidic understanding, he could have brought COVID. The world is constantly being recreated with divine energies. So all he does is stop creating. If you stop creating, they're not there anymore. So what is this concept? The fact that he shows this very interesting way of the flood of 40 days and 40 nights of water. And he says what became a very foundational Hasidic idea, something you may have heard of in the past. And that is that the 40 days and 40 nights of water wasn't just about destruction, it was more so about purification. And when you think about water and the number 40, what, what, what might come up in mind? There's a mikvah. A mikvah, to be kosher mikvah, you need water, made up of 40 so. Says the Balatanya, that really what you had was Hashem dunked the entire world into a mikvah. And he brought, he brought a, the state of tahara, of purification to the world. So although on a simple level, you're reading the Pasuk, it sounds like Hashem got angry and decided, I'm going to destroy everything. Really what's going on is Hashem says, this is a world that's very, very, has become very impure, very unholy, and must be purified. And therefore, He uses the purifying tool of the mikvah, which is, again, the number 40. And as was pointed out earlier, the number 40 is connected to Torah in many ways. Um, the Moshe Rabbeinu is up to heaven 40 days and 40 nights and receives the Torah. Um, the Torah, you know, the Mishnah starts with Me'e uh, Mosai, with the, the Mem. 40 is connected with Bina, with understanding. And therefore, uh, the Rambam, when in, in the laws of Mikvah, in Hilchas Mikvah, the Rambam says that the idea of submerging oneself in a Mikvah really is submerging oneself into the wisdom of Hashem, into the, into the Chachma of Hashem. He calls it the Me'hadas HaTohor. And the Torah is connected with 40, and the mikvah is connected with 40, and that's really the purification process that was going on in the world at that time. And that is the reason for our Boim Yom Var Boim Laila. Now, where do we see that? Where do we see that the Mabel actually brought a purification to the world? That the world post Mabel 
was more pure than before the mom. So I'll bring you two interesting examples from the psukim that are explained according to this. One of them is, there was a basic halachic change after the mabal. Anyone? Which halacha changed? You can eat meat. Meat. Exactly. Until the mabal, you're not allowed to eat meat. Adam and Chava and all those generations, 10 generations, were not allowed to eat meat. And after the mabal, you can eat meat. Why? Why the change? So of course, Hashem wanted so. I understand that. But what was the reason? What was the reason that there's a change? So it says in Hasidus that so the reason is... Men will is, live shorter. I'm sorry? Men will live shorter. So they should live shorter. Okay. <laughs> what it says is, is that the ability to eat of something means that, it's a, that it, you're able to refine it. Now something that's forbidden means Hashem says, you can't go there. That's not something that you could use and refine and make holier. When something becomes permitted, that means that that thing became more refined so that now it can become part of the person and part of a person's avodah. And as we do, every time we, we eat food, we make a bracha on the food and we elevate the food and bring that in. We daven with the energy we got from the food and we eat with that. I'm sorry, we learn with the energy, we do mitzvahs with the energy and we elevate the foods that we eat. So the ability to be able to partake in any type of meat is a gift because the world became a purer place because of the mouth. So that's what we have. The person was elevated to a bendrega that he could elevate. The person was elevated and the animal was elevated. Because of the man or just higher, it was easier to elevate it? Yes. It's yes. Exactly, both. Both? Both. both. Words, we are able to elevate and it is able to be elevated. And that we have uh, in Perak Tes Pasuk Gimel, which is the uh, sixth on the page, or the fifth, is the fifth one on the page. Perak Tes Pasuk Gimel, Kolaremes Asher that all live being lachem yiyelachla. Now, from this point and on, this is something you can eat. Kiyerek esev nasati lachem eskoil. That now, just like all the vegetables, anything that grew, but before you were able to eat, now you're able to partake in that as well, because now that has ascended to a greater level of purification as well. Okay, another example where we see a purification of the world post the mabul is an interesting one, and that is Hashem says after the mabul, I'm going to create something new. What's that? A rainbow. A rainbow. Excellent. Right? Hashem says, now there's going to be rainbows. As we have in the next quote in Pasik Yud Gimel, as kashti nasati be'ono, now I've placed a rainbow into the clouds, bris. this will be a covenant b'ni b'naris between me and the world. The question is asked in Sfarim, a rainbow was created after the Mabel? After all, what creates a rainbow? Today, what, what, what makes a rainbow? Rain in a, in a it's the way the light reflects, the light of the sun reflects off the clouds after a certain cloud rain. The, water. the what? Cloud on the water, or the water on the cloud, the cloud, the light on the, on the rain, or the light yeah. on the cloud? There's the, well, there's the, the rain and the clouds, whatever, but it's somehow exactly how it works. I'm not a scientist, but exactly there's the, there's the, there's the light and that there's the rays and those reflect off the clouds. So what changed? Why before the model wasn't there a rainbow? I mean, it would seem there's, there's still clouds and there's still rain and there's still a sun and all that was around before the Mabel. Hashem created the sun. He created, so the Sparam asked the question, what happened? Maybe they also have the LGBT flag. <laughs> maybe. But, so the, the question was asked, what happened? And the answer given is that, before, that the world became more refined and even the physical clouds became more refined. So therefore, they are able to reflect the light of the sun and create those colors of the rainbow. So that... Sound, that sounds weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a... It, it doesn't sound like a scientific thing. No, but that's what it says. It says in the Sefer called Eir 
And he talks about this, and he, ta- he brings, he says, this is brought from the Chaykrim, he says, that this is a, that there was, the fact that Hashem says from now on there will be a rainbow means something changed in the consistency of things. The things became more refined, and that all goes back to this concept that the waters of the marble weren't only punitive, they weren't only there to punish and destroy, but to bring Tara and refinement to the world as a whole. Okay. Another interesting quote we have is in Yeshayahu, Perak Nundalad, and that's the second to the last quote on the page. Um, Hashem says to the Navi Yeshayahu, He says, Kimei Noach Zosli. These were the waters of Noach. Asher I swore not to bring the waters of Noach again on the earth. So the marbles are called the waters of Noach. Now if you think about that for a moment, why would the marble be called the waters of Noach? Noach was a good guy. Right? The waters of the Mabel were the waters to destroy everyone else. So why is the Mabel called Meinoch? Why does the Nabi Yishayo call the Mabel Meinoch, the waters of Noach? But if you look at the Mabel from that perspective of waters of purity, what does the word Noach mean? Noach means like Nachas, Nachas Ruach, to bring peace, to bring restfulness. The waters of the, Ma- of the Mabel brought Nachas Ruach to Hashem, and nachas ruach to the world. It made it a world that was more purified as we're seeing from these various examples that we're talking about here. So all this goes back to that central point that the mabel is on the one hand a punishment, but on the other hand it's really a purification process. And the truth is that that becomes a general lesson about any type of difficulties that we encounter. We have punishing things that go on in this world and difficult things and and harsh things, and sometimes we look at it only with, wow, we're being punished, we're being hurt, we're being destroyed. Um, and as we know, in this, even in this last year, we've, we've felt many punishing types of feelings and difficulties. And what we're being told over here is that true. On the one hand, there's punishment going on, and on the other hand, what's really happening is a level of purification. Now, why, does, why do punishing things purify us? How does that work? Why, if we have this terrible, destructive situation like a mabel, therefore it brings purity? Well, how does A lead to B? How does punishing and, 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 and uh, mabel lead to purity? We first of all, you're talking about punishing versus pain. Same idea. Mm. It's nice, much easier to way to say that the pain, you can understand pain leads to a refuah or nachas ruach of kind of thing. Okay. It's well, much easier to say pain rather than, than what did you call punishment? When Hashem punishes, why is Hashem punishing? He's trying to remove something. It's a wrong word. Okay, but that, you know, the, the Apostle says Hashem was the, the world, the, the world was filled with evil and so on and right. so forth. Hashem says, yeah, yeah. so I will bring this level of this marble. But you think about it, what punishment does is it, it humbles. It humbles, it nullifies, it breaks down. And it breaks down something external, allowing for something internal to shine. The concept, we say the Mabel is compared to a mikvah. What do we do in a mikvah? What's the Hebrew word? What we do in the mikvah is to be tovel. Tovel is to dunk, but also is the word bitl, which is nullification. We become nullified, submerged in the waters of the mikvah. So we nullify ourselves to be able to reach a greater level of kedusha and holiness. So again, just like a person does that in the mikvah, they nullify themselves, submerge themselves, which brings them to that bittle, the marble brings that to the world in general. Okay, um, but what does that mean to us? We're not, Baruch Hashem, we don't have a marble, at least we're not planning on any marbles. Um, although, recently there was a marble or two. In New York there was some... Uh, 
bad stuff. Yeah, there were many of them. <laughs> what? Hurricane. Yeah. In yeah. Detroit. Yeah. I, I was in Detroit for the Louisiana second days of... Too, no? Yeah. I was in Detroit for the second days of Yom Tov, and it was good, but the first days I heard was terrible there. It was raining nonstop, raining, pouring, it was terrible in Detroit. I was in Detroit. When I was in the second days, they were talking about the first days was something terrible. We were spared from that here. Baruch Hashem. We were? What? Here we were okay. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. But what is a model for us? What kind, aside from a physical storm or a hurricane or a tornado, what's a model in our life? So we'll go back to the, to the bottom quote on the page. And that is from Shira Shirim, from Song of Songs, and that's all talking allegorically about the love of a person to Hashem, a Yid and Hashem, and Hashem to the Yid. And there the Pasuk says, Mayim Rabim, even tremendous waters, La Yuchlu Lechabais Esa'ava, cannot extinguish the love that there exists between us and Hashem. Unaharos and even streams, uh, rivers, Lo Yishtafua, will not flood it away. What does that mean? That the, the great waters won't extinguish our love for Hashem, our connection to Hashem. Which great waters? What great waters? What, um, what's a good word for that? Uh, the, the torrents of water. Which waters are the waters that might, ex- that might extinguish our spirituality? And that the Pasuk is saying, no, we have the ability to keep strong. So it says in this forum that the great waters are the daigus. Okay. Di- how do you say daigus? Daigus are the worries of this world. And the tirdos. The tirdos are the bothers. Yeah, we're worried about things and we're bothered with things and there's all different types of things. There's, the word Dagis are Parnassah. There's worries of Parnassah. There's worries of health. There's all types of worries. But par- Parnassah is a big one. And th- in that particular moment, he talks about Parnassah. Yeah. Other places, it talks about others. But we have, we're beset with worries and concerns and whatever. Now those worries and concerns, if we let ourselves get lost in them, they can be Flooded. drowning. They, we could drown ourselves and we can now who has the head to, to learn Torah who has the head to daven who has the head to think about good deeds when one is you know in that in that uh, su- su- submerged in all these different types of worries and daigus and tirdus and parnasa and things and I gotta get up and I have a business deal another thing going on and this is going on and I have no time to think I have no time to spend to, to look into a sitter much less to concentrate right Say about the Rav who walked over to a person at the end davening and he says, Shalom Aleichem. He says, Rabbi, I'm here, I'm here. I've been here you know, for two hours already. He says, no, I've been looking at your face. You haven't been here at all. Yeah. <laughs> you just arrived. So Shalom Aleichem to you. <laughs> so in other words, these daigis, they, they, they take up our mind and all of us know that, that we get very, very... So therefore, the, the mabel on a personal level is the mabel of, of, uh, of disturbances that we have in life, many of them are normal and many of them are, we, we sort of, uh, we count on them. Waking up tomorrow morning all worried and concerned and nervous and I have to go here and I have to go there and I have to take care of this and I have this responsibility and that responsibility. And that's a model. And therefore, he says, the Shir Hashirim, this is Shlomo Melech writing, he says, all those waters, all of the turbulent waters of this world don't have the ability to extinguish a person's Ava session. To extinguish a person's relationship to Hashem and connection to Hashem. And we have the ability to not be um, drowned, to not be, uh, d- d- to not be lost, even in those various waters and, and turbulences and difficulties that life throws at us. But how? What can we do? What can we do when we're beset with all different types of worries and all different types of concerns? So let's go all the way back to the beginning of the page. The first quote on the page 
is the, where Hashem tells Noah. Perek Zayin Pasuk Aleph, chapter seven, verse one in the Parsha. Vayom Hashem LeNoach Bo Ato V'Chol Beischa El Hateva. There's a lot of waters out there, a lot of turbulent stuff, a lot of uh, disturbances. Go into the Teva. Go into the Ark. Now, a Teva is an Ark, but there's another meaning to the word Teva, and that meaning was said by the Baal Shem Tov. The founder of all Hasidic teachings, he read the words Boel Ateva and he saw in the word Teva not only an ark but from a word. In Hebrew, the word Teva is a word. He said, Boel Ateva, a person has the ability to go into the words of Torah and Tefillah. When a person really puts themselves into the words of Torah, into the words of Tefillah, then just like that ark protected you from the water, protected you from the marble, those words that we put ourselves into, they become a protection from everything going on around us. To go into the words of Torah and Tefillah. He says like this. Now, he doesn't, doesn't say, say the words of Torah. He doesn't say to say, to verbalize the words of Torah. He says to come into the words. What's the difference between saying a word and coming into a I word? I say bo as opposed to lech. That's another one. How come we should say lech? Go into the door. It says, come. Okay, so that's an interesting question. Yeah, like, it could be like the Parsha, Boel Alparo. Come with me. Yeah, right. right. God's saying, hold it under your head. Is that what it says in the good books? Um, you know what? I don't remember, but it uh, definitely yes, sounds no. right. Definitely sounds right. Definitely sounds right. So he says, so the Bashanta says, the way that we can protect that Avas Hashem, protect our connection to Hashem, even with everything going on, is when we're able to take the time and take the focus and take the energy to go into the words of Torah and Tefillah in a way that when we're in there, we're not thinking about anything going on around there. What's Beischa? That means your wife's got to learn Torah, Torah and Daven? Yeah, that means you have to think about you your family. You can't tell your wife to Daven, you can't tell her to learn. She'll kill you. <laughs> okay, this is for a different discussion. All right. But, but you know any good, I've had that you know, problem you know, before. If you know any good social workers, you might talk to them about it. I might. It. Yeah. But, Anybody know a good social worker? We have a psychiatrist over here. <laughs> So, but it actually it talks, it does talk about that, that a person, it's not enough that you should go and sequester yourself and turn and feel, you have yeah. to make sure that your family yeah, right, is there too. Right, right. It's not just about yourself. Right. But then, then there's something even more so. And if you skip to the uh, third quote we have here, in Pasuk Yud Zayin. And this is a very beautiful, very beautiful vart, and it goes like this. It says, days on the land. The water became very, very plentiful. The um, picked up the teva. The teva was uplifted from the ground. So what happens here? They're in the ark, and they're not just protected from the waters, but the waters are actually making the ark, picking it up, elevating it. So between that and Visa. But that, okay, so, so it sounds like Vayisu is just the beginning. It you know, gave it a big up atom. It's totally uplifted, and now it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's swimming freely. What does that mean as far as the interpretation that we're learning over here? And here's a very powerful verse. He says, the Baal Shem Tov said that when one goes into the words of Davening, one goes into the words of Torah, they become saved from all the turbulent, water, turbulent waters of this world, all the outside and all the turbulence and all the all the digas, all the uh, the worries and, and the bothers, concerns. But here the Pasuk is telling us something more. Not only when one is able to enter into the words of Torah Tula properly, are they saved from the turbulences of this world, but more so, the turbulences of this world actually elevate, elevate 
that the Torah and the Tefillah are even stronger and greater. And this is a, a very important idea. Negative things that happen, or, ne- or disturbances, things that try to disturb us, things that try to drag us down, not only do we have the ability to save ourselves from them through entering into the words of Torah and Tefillah, but more so, they can turn into those um, to, to, uh, to powers that elevate and make our Torah and Tefillah more powerful and more meaningful. Vatoram hateva that the words of the Torah and Tefillah are picked up, are elevated through, because of those turbulent waters. How does that work? Or why does that work? Why would it be that through, because I have disturbances, because there's turbulences going on, so therefore the Torah and Tefillah is on a higher level? So it says the following. There's actually, there's more than one answer. But I'll give, maybe, maybe I'll give two answers. One answer is given is because when one is, has bothers in their mind, and one has all different types of worries, and then they want to daven properly, what do they have to do if they want to daven properly? Put the best. If they're really, really focused. You got to focus. You got to focus. You got to focus. Because if you're not focusing, you're somewhere else. So it turns out that those bothers became the impetus that forced me to daven so much stronger and so much better. If I wasn't bothered, if everything is okay, so I pick up my sitter and I breeze through it and it's all good. Or I take the Gemara, or I take the Chumash, or whatever I'm learning, and I just learn. But being that I have those bothers, being that I have those tears and those daigas, those concerns, and those worries, so therefore when I start davening, my mind is all over the place, so I have to sort of take it in my hands and force myself, I'm not going to think about anything else, I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on the words that I'm davening, I'm going to focus on the Shema Esri, I'm going to focus on the Shema, I'm going to focus on the Torah that I'm learning. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the stuff, hard stuff, or the Torah and On the Torah and Tefillah. But you the, can't be asking my questions for this. Or give me God money. Give me this. Give me a wife. Give me, health, give me happiness. Well, that, that's part of the Torah. That's part of the Tefillah. Yeah, but that's right. But that's that's being uh, that's being yeah, presumed because of no, the Torahs. But, but I'm not thinking now about the digas. Now I'm davening to Hashem. Now so my whole. Not asking anything about what God I need money. Of course, I'm asking for money. So that's fine. So you are thinking about the Torah, the tough, difficult stuff. I mean, just no, 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 no. Right now, I'm focusing. I'm talking to Hashem. Right. I'm talking to Hashem and whatever it talks about in the Siddur, whatever the right. Siddur tells me. I'm not thinking about what my next appointment is and where the next appointment is, where I'm supposed to be and the ticket that I have to buy right. and you how to buy it. You're going to think about how you're going to pay your kids tuition for 30000 a year. That's what it is in Florida, by the way. <laughs> my kids are looking at 30000 a year for tuition. Twenty-seven, thirty. Go ahead. Go ahead. But that's not what I'm thinking about then. It's true, it's true. It's amazing. So I should give them everything that they need in order to be able to do that. But so therefore, it turns out that these worries and these turbulences turn out to be a, a impetus. Coil, an impetus that makes that the the focus on the davening and the learning becomes that much stronger. And that's the meaning of Torah, yeah. that the words are actually uplifted through those waters. So this is another way how the waters become purifying. Because those waters make that my, that my going into the words of Torah, the words of Tefillah, is that much stronger, that much greater. What's the difference between, how do we get this ma'al? Is there, there should, do you come on this word ma'al? Is there a better way to say it? Me'al. Me'al. The term, it's uplifted from, from a, it's a, above, so it's above the earth. The wording is good. Yeah, as far me'al. as I know. As far as I know. That's from Baal Shem Tov? Yeah. Yeah. And there's another, there's, there's another idea where he says even more so. He says... Everything comes from Hashem. Everything, including the difficulties of life and including the, the uh, worry, things that we're worried about and the concerns. And when we are able to pass the test 
and be able to focus and no matter what's going on to yes learn Torah properly and no matter what's going on to yes daven properly he says then the godly energies in those waters they become a koach picking up our Torah and tefillah because whenever we have a nisoyin, whenever we have a test, whatever test it is that's trying to disturb our connection, trying to disturb our Torah, trying to disturb our tefillah, so there's godliness in that test. And when we stand up to it, when we focus and we say, no, 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 we're going to focus, we're not letting that ruin us, we're not letting us put us aside, then that, those spiritual energies become, again, a, a, a power that strengthens and gives us the ability to learn Torah and to daven even better. Does that connect to the idea of a dam? I've learned before, when you put a dam in front of waters, the waters become much stronger. Similar. Similar idea? Yeah, it's something... I know it's the same idea. It is. It's, it's, it's a similar idea because it seems... The it's, it's something negative. It's something that seems to be a... a um, how do you say? A, a, a uh, mania. It's something that holds <laughs> back. Yeah, holds back. back. But that holding back only ultimately makes me stronger. And that's the same idea with these waters, that the Daigas Aparnasa and the Tiras of this world... So and the all the things, and all that, that's the dam. Is it, yeah, it's a good comparison. I mean, it doesn't say that, it doesn't use no, the muscle of a dam here, but it's a, it's a similar concept. The water here you're using, at one time is turbulent problems, on the other hand, you're saying it's a purifier. It's tarot, right, right. Yeah, it has, so that's it's a dual character. Good. It has, in other words, it's, it, in, in both, the common denominator of both is that it's bringing purity. In other words, it's, on the one hand, it's the mikvah that purifies the world. For myself, it's something that it seems to be punishing and difficult, and through going into the words of Torah, that becomes something that elevates me. But you're bringing out a very good point. In the same conversation, we talked about water as just being this wonderful holiness, you know, Amayim Torah. But there's also the waters in a sense of those turbulent waters that seek to disturb us that we're able to pick ourselves up out of as well. I'll finish with one last idea. And we have was, another moment. I was fixing Teva. <laughs> one last idea, and that is Perichas Pasuk Tezayin, the fourth quote on the page, which is after the Mabel. Hashem tells Noach, same in Hateva. Leave, leave the ark. Atav, Yishtachal, Banachan, Shevanacha, you and the wife and the children, everyone leave the ark. And here the question is, one second. The Bashem Tov said that the ark is the words of Torah go and Tefillah. So go in. So if there's a mitzvah to go into the words of Torah and Tefillah, why is there a mitzvah to get out of the words of Torah and Tefillah? But how do you, how do you uh, it's the same Teva. You can't use the pshat for one pasuk and forget it if you took him later. So if the mitzvah was to go into the teva and to focus on the words of Torah and tefillah, why then does he say the mitzvah same and not teva to go out of the Torah and tefillah? The answer is because the answer is we're not supposed to be a whole day in the Torah and tefillah. We have to go out to the world to mean the kedushah to the rest no of the world. Monks. What is that? No monks. <laughs> that the way of, the way the way of Hashem. Is not. That's a very important concept. Yeah, she says. So the Balshanta is saying both of these concepts are in the Psukim. On the one hand, we're beset with daigas, we're beset with worries and concerns. Boyalateva, go learn some Torah in the morning, go daven and focus, and that will pick you up. But don't stay there. Yeah. Our point is not to escape all. Of, okay, so now I have no worries. Everything, everyone else will take care of my worries. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm checking into shul. I'll see you all in a couple of years, yeah. right? You just know both. You just know there are those worries and all those concerns. And the way to pick ourselves up is by going into focusing the words of Torah and Tefillah. At the same time, he says, 
Yeah, but, but now that you've done that, now you're saved, now you've been elevated, now it's time to go out to the rest of the world and bring that Kedusha out to your home and to your family and to your workplace and to the rest of the world because ultimately Hashem created for us a world that we should know we have our times to go into the words of Kedusha and times of coming out and bringing that to the rest of the world. Which is a little bit like where we are right now tonight, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, where we're leaving this month of Yom Tov after Yom Tov and Shul and Davening and Torah and going out into the more regular world, bringing the Kedusha of the Yom into the regular world, say the Nateva, go out to the world and make the entire world a holy place. Right? Very good. Yes, sir. Co op, Rabbi. It was good. Very good. Good idea. Very welcome. And